When people hear the words customer service, the first thing that often comes to mind and what I'm asked about is you must deal with a lot of problem clients and escalations and talking them off the ledge. So I will teach you on how to de-escalate that and in return, making sure that it's not hurting your business. You could give away the world all you want, but in the end, this is a business and we got to make sure that we're not losing money. So doing it in a way that they feel valued, respected, whether it's your mistake or not. Sometimes you got to bite the bullet and just, you know, you got to accommodate. So doing it in a way that it doesn't hurt your business and looking at customer service in the aspects of every part of your operation. I look at customer service as even the service that you're providing your coaches, making sure that your team feels valued and even down to the physical layout of your location, making sure that every aspect of the operation is smooth lined and providing the best customer service that you can provide. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Fitness Empire podcast. And we are excited because this is actually me and Matt's first time bringing in a special guest. And I want to share with you guys what we're going to be doing here. Uh, we want to get everybody primed and excited for Domination Workshop. So we're actually going to bring in the special guest speakers to be guests on the podcast and just kind of give a little background on who they are, what they're going to speak about. And so uh, we want you guys to just hear it from the horse's mouth because me and Matt can only say so much. And so we want to bring them in and give the, a little teaser, if you will, of what is going to be touched on. And, uh, you know, hey, you guys are definitely going to have FOMO after today because this is actually one of the presentations I'm most excited about. So, Matt, I will let you intro our guest and let's get started, brother. Yeah, we're, we're super excited for this and. Dustin said, hey, we, we can't fill in all the time of talking. I actually think we can. I think the guests uh, help so you don't actually have to hear from us for two out, two days straight uh, the, the entire time. But the, the guests that we bring in are all hand-selected to provide you a certain outcome, and, and they're the best at what they do. Um, and they're all people that I've heard speak before and, and hand-selected in the sense of like, oh, my gosh, everybody in the – the gym business needs to hear this information because I know it will help them with their their business and, and AJ is no different. So today we're going to uh, talk with, with AJ. I first met AJ, I think it was a year ago. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, about a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, AJ opened a fit body and he reached out and said, hey, can I come visit you uh, and see uh, what you have going on? And anyone who ever says, hey, can I come visit you? It's, it's always a yes. And here's the crazy thing about our industry. He's pretty much the only person who's ever reached out and said, hey, can I come and come and visit? And uh, he reminded me of myself a, a little bit when I, I first opened my my location, um, when I had to go to university in California, I said, hey, who are the who has the best locations humanly possible? And then I took my time to go in and learn from them. And I got more out of learning from them than I did from the, the university itself. And I found that the high achievers in life are the ones that are always looking for for growth and, and that, hey, who's doing really good? I wanna go and learn 
learn from them and apply from them. Obviously, you're going to uh, apply it your own way. And then we went and got got breakfast. And I'm like, this dude's got it. He is going to absolutely crush it in this industry because he, he understands business. He understands people. And he's just uber smart and understands freaking how life works. All right. And I was like, this guy is going to crush it. And he does crush it. And then we brought him in for uh, a mastermind and he was able to discuss his history and being able to take, which he'll talk about here in a second, take what he learned from Disney and apply it into, into the gym business um, from a customer service standpoint and just taking some of the, the strategies and the tactics from, from management to operations and applying it into his business. And I was like, this is why he's freaking crushing it. And you can tell us your numbers in a little bit of like how many members you have. But uh, I see on Instagram and Facebook of sessions with 60 plus people now and the energy is absolutely insane. And you can just tell the culture inside of his locations uh, are phenomenal. So I, I knew a year, year and a half ago when I met with you, I knew you're going to blow up and you've absolutely blown up and it's just really awesome uh, to see. So um, our guest today, I know he's going to provide a lot of value in this episode, but at the Domination Workshop, I know he's going to absolutely blow your minds with that. So, AJ, welcome to our show. We're going to let you do most of the talking, I promise. At least I'm going to try to let you do most of the talking. Uh, give us a little two-minute intro, um, who you are, and then a little bit of uh, your backstory, because I think you have a phenomenal backstory, which applies to what you're going to be talking about um, at the Domination Workshop. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And before I do that, because you you had so many kind words, I have to give it back to Matt. I mean, like he said, I reached out to him and from the beginning. It was, I've been told Matt Wilber, Matt Wilber. And I said, I got to go exactly what you said to the best of the best. So I reached out to Matt and he was so kind and gracious, him and his wife. Um, it, it was not only a learning experience, but it was a fun experience. And his team is second to none. It was phenomenal. And um, I learned so much within that two-day period what i got from those two days i've taken throughout the years that we've had here so thank you again i, I know i thank you often for that but thank you um yeah to give you background i uh i'm originally from westchester new york right outside of new york city and um grew up in the suburban lifestyle went to fairfield university graduated in 2018 with a marketing degree i just i, I didn't have a specific major i really wanted to go into but my father said listen every business needs marketing they're going to need you. So just do marketing. Uh, and I'm glad I did. He's right. Every business needs marketing, right? So uh, uh, while I was there, uh, my junior year, I did an internship, a six-month six internship with uh, the Walt Disney Company. I was always fond of that company and everything that they did um, for many reasons. Not only, you know, when people hear I worked for Disney, they often think, you know, I'm into the movies and all that stuff. I'm fond of them, but I was really more enthralled with the business side of things and the operation and it's just a crazy operation and um so i did an internship and luckily they offered me a job post-graduation so two weeks after graduation moved down there with the goal of being down there for the rest of my life and uh worked for the company did a lot which i can eventually get into and um but now i'm in the fitness industry total 180 but uh there's a lot of similarities and a lot of crossovers that i've used from that company what I've learned customer service-wise, operations-wise, and it's meshing very well with the fitness industry. And I hopefully can provide some value on what I've learned. Awesome. So what made you get in the fitness industry? Great question. So while I was with Disney, my father had a great transformation 
of his own uh, to the point where everyone was coming up to him saying, what are you doing? And then a lot of the wives in town were coming up to him saying, I need you to do this with my husband. So can you teach him? Can you get him on the right track? So my father loved doing it. And then he came to me and he's like, I really think we can grow this in some capacity. So we started looking into it. We started looking into gym franchises because uh, we said, if we're going to do it, we want to be told what to do and how to do it. We're business people, but we're not gym business people. So uh, we wanted to go the safe route. And uh, once we started looking into it, we also realized what a great investment and not only investment, but safe industry it is to be in. I always tell people coming into the fitness industry, and I, I can't imagine going into another industry in all honesty. It's safe. It outlived the pandemic. It's always going to be here. It's membership-based. It, it just has all the aspects that you want in a safe investment. Um, so when we started looking into franchises, we found Fitbody. We got into it. We opened up mid-pandemic, not according to plan by any means, but uh, we're rocking and rolling. And our goal is to just keep expanding that impact. Awesome. So what, what is your membership count at uh, today? Yeah. So we are close to 450, but that doesn't include people on trials, challengers, all that good stuff. Um, it just keeps growing. It was steady, slow growth at the beginning. Uh, obviously with the pandemic, you know, some people were intimidated, but also we were dealing with a lot of mandates. So we were dealing with capacity restrictions and stuff that you got to you got to understand like we were new to the industry and on top of that we were in a brand new pandemic that we've never experienced before so it was a lot of new happenings uh but once the mandates washed away that's where it really started rocking and rolling uh and we've just been growing ever since so aj could, could i ask like if you could retrace your steps could you go back I tell a lot of gym owners, if we all look back at our growth, uh, it's probably a little bit more like a staircase. Like we want to see that diagonal line, but usually like we did something and it created growth and then it levels out. Then we do another thing and another thing. Is there any key things you can remember going back that led to a little burst of growth? Like when we hired this person, when we made this change, when we did this, can you share two or three like that? Yeah, uh, great question. We changed our uh, trial process and the way that we convert our trials into membership. Um, for the very specific part of it, what we do is when our clients come in, they're on a trial, whether it's a week trial, two week trial, we'll give them that membership packet and we'll say, listen, if you decide to join before your week trial ends, let's say, you will get 25% off two weeks of membership. And we do that because it's it's doing two things. One, it's giving them an incentive to sign up by that end date rather than just saying, hey, your trial's over, sign up for membership. It's kind of almost like, okay, is that a threat? Like, what? okay, like I can do that at any point. So you're giving them an end date to sign up when that trial ends, but also it's giving them a little bit of an incentive to sign up for membership. So 25% off two weeks of membership. In reality, they're only saving $8, but you'd be surprised people come in rambling on that day and they're like, I want to get that 25% off whatever I got to do. So that, our conversion rate has skyrocketed since we've done that. Um, so just fine tuning little things like that. And um, just, it, I, and I was going to speak on it. We just try to perfect every piece of the operation. We're now going to be three years into it, but we're constantly reevaluating how we can up the operation in any way. So. Love it. Okay. Um, 
So what what is your favorite part of working in the fitness industry? Like, where do you get the most joy or energy? Uh, speak on that. Great question. I uh, When I worked for Disney, I was making kids days their parents vacations i've uh, when i was um i got phrases right performing for disney i would make even grandparents cry um i was making magic in a way but now in the fitness industry i'm making magic in a greater capacity i'm changing people's lives and i really didn't understand or anticipate that impact until i really saw it firsthand i'm not an emotional guy these people have me crying very frequently there there are stories that they bring to us and say you have changed my life you saved my life i've had that conversation before um so it the great really in-depth impact that we've had that is the driving factor for me realizing that we really do have an impact and, and wanting to expand that impact wanting to grow because in all honesty i wish i had the experience the the fitness experience that we are providing when i was in high school i didn't have that i had a crappy gym that you would walk past someone that hated a high school kid that hated their job they wouldn't even look your way i didn't have the hands-on accountability nutrition all that fun stuff experience uh that we're providing them so to give that to anyone and everyone i'm gonna try to do that in any way from a from an outside perspective i think one of the things ultimately why you're so successful too is you see what you do as a performance like and you guys put on a, a great a great show right I, I know that's something that me and dustin pride ourselves on too of why our locations did so well is like it is a performance it's 30 minutes it's 45 minutes of a performance for them we are on stage we are trying to make them feel uh, a certain way um this wasn't part of the questioning but how in depth do you go with your team on hey we're here to put on a show we're here to put on a performance when they, they walk through our doors and i always used to say when i was a fit body boot camp like we just want to be the best 30 minutes of their day every single day um what how have you instilled that into your location because i know you're instilling it but what's your process for that how do you get your team bought into that great question i i was told by someone a long time ago that you got to think of it like well, I, not that they told me about fitness, but I applied it to fitness where someone that's on Broadway, they probably do that show. I don't know how many times a day, but they were however long they're there for months, years, whatever. doesn't matter. They have to pretend like that performance is their first time on stage, get that audience excited uh, and make it look like they're actually enjoying performing. The same here. I got to be honest with you. I'm not a morning person. I'm still getting used to it three years in. Uh, a lot of pre-workout, a lot of rituals that get me ready for the day, but I could be having the worst day, me and me and my team. I tell them we could be having the worst day. We could be tired. Um, it's going to be probably your eighth time doing it that day. I don't care. It's got to be like you're performing that first time. And exactly right. It really is a performance. So what we do is we do evaluations with them. We have feedback uh, biannually uh, and we sit down with them and we get into the nitty gritty. And when I mean nitty gritty, I am talking about the word that they say on the mic. Um, the the amount of energy, um, the way that they're high-fiving clients. We'd rather this type of high-five rather than another high-five. The, the Every single work time at the start of the work time, are you scanning the room to make sure everyone's doing it or knows the workout? What's the next step? Making sure that they're doing it safely and correctly. What's the next step? Once you know everyone's doing it safely and correctly and no form corrections needed, that's where you're going to push them. That's where you get in their face. There's no point in getting in their face if Joe Schmo is on the side doing it incorrectly. So we have a process 
of A to B. And um, you got to do it right. And listen, things are going to happen, uh, you know, unexpectedly. And that's the beauty of it. It's like a real show. Like things are going to get thrown your way and you got to perform. Uh, but we get really in depth with the coaches and we tell them, listen, we I prime them for it, especially my new coaches. I'm like, listen, I am someone that values feedback. And no matter what industry I was in, I always, always, always asked my leaders for feedback because I want to be the best of the best. What is the point in just cruise lining at mediocre? I want to be told what to do. So we are going to get into the nitty gritty and it's all out of love. If I didn't care about you, this operation, the clients, we wouldn't be sitting down with you. We want to up you as the coach and the operation and the client experience in any way. So we get really, really detailed and, um, yeah, like you said, it, it it really is a performance for 30 minutes. High energy performance. So one of the things that I think makes you stand out, which I think is a, is a massive learning lesson because a lot of high performers have that. So so one, uh, you're extremely confident, uh, but you want to be great. You want to be really good. Like you just have this like this drive, internal drive to want to be the best, right? If we're going to do it, we're going to be really great at doing that. Was that something that you were born with? Was that something you worked on? Is that something that with experience it's come or is it just like innate to you? Uh, I'm. It's like the nature versus nurture. I, I was always told at a young age that I was a perfectionist and I really was. I mean, like perfect example. I remember in high school, um, our junior year for like a social studies class, I don't know what it was. We had to come up with like some business model and it was a really simple, simple project, just like some type of business. I remember going so in depth, I came up with like this bakery that um, used all this technology. It, it was like even before Uber Eats and all that to go stuff started, it was like, it was a bakery, a cupcake shop or something. And we had like these um, like to go things on the wall and they would scan their app and then it would like open the container and allow them to choose the cupcake that was like already selected for them. And I went as in depth as creating 3D models of the bakery. I chose like a building in town. I did a 3D mock-up of the build-out. I did a 3D mock-up of like the um, the cupcake dispenser. And it got to the point where my mom was like, Jay, or she called me Jay. She's like, Jay, you know, like you're not getting into this, right? Like this is like a lot of work. And I said, I know, but like I've become so in and passionate and enthralled with it that like no matter what is thrown my way, um, I just got to do it full force. I don't know if it's because I'm type A, if I want to be, I, I am competitive, but it's not like I'm doing it to say, I got to be better than that person. It's just, you got to strive for, for, in my opinion, we're human beings. We got to strive for, for perfect, per, uh, perfection. I, I don't think anyone is, um, worthy of perfection. I'm getting a little religious here, but why not strive for it and be the best of the best in, in any capacity and surround yourself with people that up you in, in any way, you know? 100%. Like every high performer kind of has that though. It's an internal thing that that you have not, it's not forced upon you and like wanting to, to be the best, like you're in competition with yourself of what could be possible, what could we achieve? But it's also, I, I find it's an internal thing. Like our clients deserve the best, right? Like they deserve us to, to be on our A game because that's how we impact and change their lives. When we're not our best, then we're not going to be able to influence them because in reality, we get 30, 45 minutes a day to influence the other 23 and a half hours of their day. And, and it matters how we show up and how we perform. But it's it's always that thing of like, hey, we can get a little bit better. Hey, we can get a little bit better. We can get a little bit better. 
Uh, one question for you as a leader, obviously like that, that puts pressure on the team, right? So how do you, how do you manage that? I want a perfect performance. I want a perfect product every single day. How do you manage that as a leader? Like, how is that a benefit? And then maybe how is that sometimes something that you have to manage against? Because obviously not everybody is going to love that pressure of, hey, let's let's get better every single day. That's a good question. Um, what I've learned is um, we, we also do feedback week uh, on top of that, where we ask the clients to rate the performances of each coach, uh, the operation, just every part of our operation. And I often find that they take the client's opinions more to heart than ours. Um, you know, it, seeing that, you know, they have really detailed comments that are really similar to the comments that we provided. It, it's kind of like a backup, like, listen, I could talk to you about it all day long, but this is the true data of what they think of you and what they want from you and what you need to change, what they like and all that fun stuff. And then um, they're like, oh, wow. And then they really take it to heart. And I have seen a, like a night and day difference of a team member that was doing okay. And then we gave them that feedback of both our feedback and the client's feedback. And then immediately the next day, it was like, uh, like we looked at each other and we're like, wow. And then the clients were came to us and like, what, what happens? Like something happened within this past week. And we said, we, we shared your feedback. It's, it's really valuable. So I, you know, I, I've learned that not everyone likes feedback. Um, and they may be a little intimidated by it or just, they're just not innate to take feedback. Well, I guess it depends on the person, but I think, and I've learned that and I, and my coaches that are not that way. You really have to phrase it to them. Like I said before, this is for your benefit. I want to build you, uh, make you the best of the best, and in return, make our experience the best of the best. Because if I didn't care about you, we wouldn't be sitting down right now. So, you know, phrasing it that way, you want to build them up too as a team, right? So what I'm hearing is you use multiple forms of providing that person feedback because I've seen it too. Like there, there's three things that most people that are in the training business care about. One is themselves. Like everybody cares about themselves they care about their teammates and they care about their clients. So if somebody that they truly care about is giving them that feedback or they're getting it from them, they're going to to receive it so much better versus just, hey, I'm always getting uh, feedback from my boss of how I need to get better and improve. Um, so how do, you, how do you go about balancing that too? Because I'm definitely, me as a, as a leader, I see everything wrong, right? So I have a very similar... I want things to be perfect. I want them to be right. I can, I see everything wrong and I want it fixed like right now. Right. But you as a leader, if all you ever do is go and tell people what they're doing wrong, obviously that's going to create a not, not so great culture. So how do you counterbalance that with still wanting to have, you know, a, a great culture, them feeling appreciated, them feeling recognized, all the things that they feel valued because obviously if you're always saying, Hey, you need to do better. It's hard to feel valued. How do you go about counterbalancing the need for perfection, but also obviously understanding the human needs of your team? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm going to two part that because you first mentioned, how do we balance it as, you know, a business owner. And that was something that I really didn't realize the, the, the management aspect until I went into management at Disney, because before, when I was a frontline cast member, I was just dealing with the guests. 
And then when I went into management and I had 300 cast members to take care of, and on top of that, I'm walking around in business casual throughout the park. So, you know, guests were going to recognize me as a manager. So I was dealing with both client, uh, they call them guests and um, your, um, sorry, I'm getting all these, my coaches and clients are in the industry and then Disney, it's uh, guests and cast members. When you're dealing with that, it's a totally different world. You're now managing, like you said, three different aspects, the clients, the coaches, and the experience. So it's it's like a whole new world where you really have to do a good job of balancing. And to your second point, the, the big thing for us is recognition. Because like you said, if I just harp on them all day long about what they're doing wrong, what they're doing wrong, they're going to take that to heart and be like, what the hell? Like, can I do anything right? And I've been in that situation where I am, I do very well with recognition. Not that you need to kiss my ass all day long, but just a little heads up of like, you know what? I see what you're doing. You're doing phenomenal. Keep doing what you're doing. It's not going unrecognized. Little tidbits like that go a long way. But um, what we're actually rolling out with them it, uh, is on our app, we're actually going to have a, um, like a little form where the clients can recognize the coaches. And on that form, it says, hey, listen, recognize your coaches for something small, something big, whatever it may be. Was it good music? Was it high energy today? Because that, and we say it, that will be sent to your coach. They're going to take a picture with that and we'll send it to you so that you can guarantee that you're seeing that recognition. But also it'll be sent to their management, which is a big piece because you want them to get recognized uh, and make sure that they feel valued both by the clients and the and the um, and management. And that goes a long way because guess what? They can get recognition from the clients all day long. But if we don't, as managers, hear that, it can only go so far. So having the coaches know that they are getting seen, recognized by the clients and management, that goes a long way. Uh, so we're rolling that out really soon. That's awesome. The other part of that that's kind of like a hidden sneaky genius thing is it engages the clients. And too, if you're if you're taking the time to say, hey, how great coaches are, you're probably going to keep your membership and you're probably going to keep coming. And it kind of reinforces that, hey, being here is a good decision. Right. Like that's uh, something that I was thinking about. I'm like, ooh, that's a that's like a retention piece right there that you're probably not thinking about. Yeah. I, well, so, and honestly, and, and to work off of that really quick, I like being in Disney and being recognized so much. I didn't I was never a part of a company that recognized their cast members so much. So even me not being a part of Disney, I was on the phone with, I think, um, Yeti coolers. And the woman on the phone gave me such great customer service. I said, listen, may I have your can you um, actually direct me to a manager? And she like got worried. I said, no, no, no. it's actually to recognize you because I want to recognize you for what you did. And I think it was like the first time she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, let me let me transfer you. And it, the manager was like, oh my God, thank you. so." Like it doesn't happen that frequently, but anytime I get great customer service, whether it's a waitress, waiter, I say, I want to speak to a manager so I can recognize you. We got to do that past our business too, you know? So would you say Disney created a culture of recognition inside of their inside of the business? That's a big part of. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, I um, how do I phrase this uh, politically correct? Um, I could have made a lot more more money elsewhere, but I was part of a company. I listen when I when I started out, I was working minimum wage, minimum wage, minimum wage, and uh, but it didn't matter because I was part of a culture that I was so proud to be a part of. It was so far beyond like the movies and, you know, the entertainment aspect and all that good stuff. It was, I was a part of a culture where 
we were making such a big impact. I was networking. It, it was just a great environment to be in. And they curate that. Um, if it wasn't a great environment, I don't know if I would be a part of that. Yeah, I, And I think that's why you see a lot of businesses, uh, even competitors at Disney, that don't have that that community, that don't have that recognition aspect and all that stuff, that pay the same rate, but their retention is way lower. It's because Disney created a culture where they realize they really need to recognize their cast members because in the end, without their cast members, there's nothing. Same for my business. Without the coaches, I don't have an experience. It would just be me and I'd be really tired. Hey guys, it's Dustin Bogle with The Fitness Empire and we want to connect with you on social media. So Matt and I are asking you to either friend us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and we'll follow you back. But you wanna search our name, Dustin Bogle or Matt Wilbur, and here's what we wanna do for you. We wanna help you with your biggest pain point in your business. So send us a DM, tell us what that big pain point or struggle is and we'll share with you whatever we've done when it comes to that pain point in our own business, all right? So again, go on Facebook, Instagram, search Dustin Vogel, Matt Wilbur, connect and let us help you grow your business. And how many how many people worldwide does Disney have as employees? I know uh, in Florida alone, they're their largest single site employer in the US. So they had 70,000 employees. So it's like a college the, campus. Yeah, the, so. the only reason that I say that is if Disney can do it with 70,000 employees and you've experienced it firsthand, then we as small business owners can obviously, you know, if we got five team members or seven team members or whatever it may be, but it's about being intentional about knowing how important that recognizing team members is. And one of the things I've had to learn is like, we have a great culture of recognition, but oftentimes I, I find that they want it, they want me to recognize them personally, right? So finding ways that as a leader, we're giving them recognition because when they say, I don't feel appreciated, I don't feel recognized, I'm like, you've been acknowledged like a thousand times, but you haven't been acknowledged by me personally. That's really what, what, what they're saying. So um, that's actually one of my biggest weaknesses and one of the things I still have to to do a better job of me personally being intentional. Like we've created a culture of recognition, but I have not done as good of a job as I could be personally. And at the end of the day, us as leaders swing the biggest hammers when it comes to the the recognition uh, side of things. Now let's get into the not so fun things. So what, what's been like the most challenging part uh, of being in the fitness industry for you? Oh, um, I would say it was, it was a big adjustment coming in because I was so used to the Disney model where People are, were banging on our door to come into the parks, lines out the door, no matter what time of the year. Uh, with the with this industry, you're going to have people knock on your door, but then you need to bang on their door two times a day, four days straight. And then eventually they come in. Uh, and then they thank you for it and say, you know, I was intimidated. Thank you. I never had that before, you know, because we're used to gyms just saying, hey, take our money. So um, it was just a, a different adjustment. And I wish I was a little bit more diligent at the beginning with the lead follow-up process, uh, making sure I was much more diligent when those leads came through, reaching out right away uh, at a moment's notice. Uh, I just didn't know it was a new industry, but now I'm leagues away from where I was. So That that probably speaks uh, music into to Dustin's ears. <laughs> that um, is music to I, my ears. Obviously, that, that's the thing that a lot of gyms don't do. And I, I kind of try to train my team in the sense of a mindset of like, Hey, people need need us, right? Like in order for us to change and impact people's lives, we actually have to sell them. And to your point, it's so discouraging 
people don't want what we provide because what we provide initially is painful, right? Coming in and working out when you haven't been working out and then you can't even sit on the toilet. No one signs up for like uh, soreness and, and all the stuff that, that happens and they know it's going to be painful. And truthfully speaking, 80% of our population doesn't have a gym membership and 67% don't use it. There, there's a there's a reason, right? But that's also why we're here and why they need us to to hound them and hold them accountable and and do the things that they know that they're supposed to uh, to be doing. And, and and ultimately, obviously, Disney's the happiest place on earth. So they say, uh, I don't feel so happy when I'm waiting in line for three hours to get on a ride with a two year old that you know can't stand still. Um, but Ultimately, how do we become the, the happiest place on earth? How do we be the best 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes of the client's day so that they want to keep coming back? We have to change their association, you know, ultimately with our gym, which is really important. Um, so another question for you. When you first started in, in the business, you kind of answered it. What do you wish you knew? Like, if you could like, man, I wish I knew this when I first started. You talked about lead follow-up. Is there anything else that, you got three years of experience now, right? So you're a seasoned vet. What what would you be able to instill yourself when you first got started? What do you wish you would have known when you first got started? Um, I when I when I came into this, I also didn't realize um, I didn't realize how lazy people could be, and I didn't understand it because I'm not lazy. <laughs> so I've been, listen, I've fallen off the bandwagon, but like I'll get back the next week. At first, I did not have sympathy for people who were just plain lazy, like calling it simple. And not that I was rude to them, not that I said, you are lazy. Like in the back end, I just could not wrap my head around, like, are you serious? Like I just didn't, I couldn't understand it. So now, like to your point, creating the best 30 minutes or 45, 60 minutes of their day, it's not only the, the operation that we have to worry about here, it's also behind the scenes like yeah we have to make sure that they have great form and everything on the mag great energy but it's also a lot of this that we have to worry about their mindset so talking about that as a team like what can we do to make sure that it's still a personalized experience but there are going to be some people that we really have to dig 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 deep on and change their mindset which we have um but i i liked the quote that i often hear if you throw a life vest out to them and they don't swim to it we can't help them it's it, in the end you're not going to hit every single person. You're going to at least attempt to. And, you know, hopefully the majority of them swim to that life vest and, and they'll take it and you can change their mindset. But also knowing that sometimes you're not going to be able to do that. And that comes along with the cancellation rate too. You know, like I often talk with other gym owners and they harp so much on, on oh, this is another good point. Uh, not taking cancellations to heart so much. That took me a long time. And I say often that I understand taking it to heart because not only is it a cancellation to your business, but it's the cancellation to the business that you poured your heart and soul into. And you take it personal. I've learned that you really can't take it personal. You got to look at it as a business transaction and you're not going to make everyone say it's impossible to keep 100% retention rate. It's, I mean, you're, you want to strive for it, but it's entirely impossible to get that. So not taking it to heart because that will eat at you. I mean, I kid you not. I mean, I remember, I still remember my first cancellation. I remember who it was and I took it so, such to heart and I kept harping on it. Now, I mean, not to say that I don't care, but <laughs> I, I look at it as like, you know what? Capitalism's a great thing. 
they're going to realize that they can't do it elsewhere. And often that happens. The grass isn't always greener. And I always have clients that come back and say, flat out, I thought the grass is greener. I'm back. And, and you welcome them with open arms. So, um, you know, realizing, you know, making a personal, uh, personal experience in every way capacity, but also realizing that in, in, the, in America, capitalism is a beautiful thing and they can go elsewhere. So you want to make it so that they do come back. Yeah, so I, I've learned you got to have some Kevlar skin, especially in the the people business, right? It's from from team member perspective to to clients perspective, and I've also put in measures to just protect my state in the sense of like I'm not the dude handling cancellations, I'm not the you know person getting the the bad news right away because it just then you're not you're not doing the things that make your business special or going out and getting new clients because you're in a a negative state. So part of it is like learning who you are as a leader too, and, and kind of protecting yourself from that, but you can't take it personal. And, and I found like people come for results, but they stay for the community. They stay for the relationships that they've built. Not everyone's coming because they want a six pack. Like the, the value you provide, I had to learn the value that you provide is beyond the result that you're trying to get them, right? Like we want everybody to come in our business and get a result. Uh, and, and part of that's a little bit of ego because we want to be like, hey, everybody here gets results. But at the end of the day, not everybody is going to get a result. And that might not be their number one driver, right? Like they they love the workouts. They love how the workouts make them feel. They love the environment. They they love the people that they're working out with. It makes them feel good, right? And and that's the value. That's worth them paying $150, $200 a month and, and keep doing that. But we're not providing value to them if they're not coming, right? So I do believe, like, for me, I think we need to make every effort to get them into the gym, but I, I can't follow you around with a with a fork and put food in your mouth, right? Like, you're, you're going to have to to do that stuff, and there's, there's a level that we can influence, but at the end of the day, they have to be willing to, to meet us halfway. They have to be able to go grab that life vest, and sometimes people just aren't willing to do that, and that's okay. You're providing value to them in a different way because there's always like, if we just did this and if we just did that and we and then you just start chasing this this thing and your expectation is, hey, when I add this thing, everyone's going to get results and then they don't. Then you're discouraged and then you try to add another thing, right? And it's really just learning that some people just aren't here for that and that is not the value of their program. But in order to provide value, they do need to be walking into your building at least uh, a couple of days a week or else they're going to cancel because no one likes to see $150 or $200 on their statement and they go, I haven't been there in a month. Let me let me keep paying that. That doesn't feel good whatsoever. Right. Right? Well, um, and, and I often use an analogy of it's almost like finding your wife. Like you're going to, you're going to meet girls and you're going to have fun along the way. You're going to meet some great people, but in the end, you're going to find that one true person and here we have many of those true people that are going to i have people that say i'm never canceling i have no intention of leaving like whatever you're going to do i'm i'm here for the long run so i tell people you know other gym owners that harp on the cancellations like listen along the way you're not going to find every single 100% of those clients that come in those leads they're not going to stay 100% of them however even though those people that do stay for whatever your cancellation rate is let's say 3 month minimum guess what all right, they left after three months, you still made a buck off them. It, look at it as a business transaction. It's not like you left empty-handed. You still made money off of them, even even if they complain about the experience, which, I mean, hopefully they're not, you know, complaining, but 
guess what? You still make money. It's a business transaction. So look at the bright side, you know? Hey, AJ, I was going to ask you something. Uh, you brought up a lot of things that you wish you knew when you opened the gym, but let's now give a little bit of some coaching golden nuggets to other gym owners. What are common mistakes you see them make that hurt them from growing? You know, like maybe I'm, I'm been in business longer. Maybe my bootcamp has been open five years and I have 150 or 200 members. And, and like, what am I doing wrong? Is there any advice you could give that you see commonly made by a lot of other gym owners? Oh, good question. Uh, I'm biased because I come from an operations background with Disney being a, a huge operation machine. But um, the biggest thing that I have seen is they really don't get a good, smooth line, streamlined operation down. And what I mean by that is I often see, and I understand it, like when you first open up your business, you want to provide the best customer service and maybe personalized experience, but they roll things out that are not scalable. So when we've rolled things out, we sat down as a team, I would ask myself and ask the team, okay, we can do this right now with the amount of clients we have, but if we have 500 clients, will we, we be able to do the same thing? And if the answer was no, I said, it's a no-go. We're not going to do it. Why are we going to roll this out for, yeah, 100 clients now? And then when we eventually get up to 500 clients, have to roll this back and then now piss off all these new clients because they're not getting that same level of service. If you look at McDonald's, they have a streamlined operation. It's replicatable and it's smooth and, and it's smooth. If you don't have that, how are you going to replicate that? I, I don't listen. There may be gym owners that have one location and they're happy and they're satisfied. I do know owners like that. But for me who want to grow and scale, I need a smooth operation that I can replicate at another location, obviously with a really good team, um, but it's going to take time and, uh, and keep reevaluating your operation. We just changed our um, our whole marketing thing. Now we're doing TikTok. The the cost per lead, uh, apparently, according to my marketing firm, he's saying because it's such a new platform, it's a fraction of what Facebook does. So he's like, you'd be stupid not to get on TikTok right now. Let's do the ads. And it's got to be a different type of ad than Facebook because it's a different format and all that stuff. So we're changing the lead process with that. We change the membership process. Like We really evaluate every single aspect of the operation to make sure that it's a good client experience, to make sure that it's easy for the coaches. I don't want it to bog the coaches down. And also it's a business. So is it gonna take a lot of labor hours to roll that out? And if it is, all right, it's a blue sky idea. Let's knock it down a little bit. How about we make it a little bit easier for the team to roll out? So just constantly reevaluating your operation and making sure that it's scalable and replicatable. Awesome. What are the, uh, why don't we get into the domination workshop? We're going to try to keep this yep. to an hour. I know I've been hijacking a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm guilty of doing that. So what are going to be like the big big three takeaways our audience will get from your presentation at Domination Workshop? Yeah, uh, so I'm really excited about it. When people hear the word or the words customer service, the first thing that often comes to mind and <laughs> what I'm asked about is you must deal with a lot of problem clients and escalations and talking them off the ledge. So I will teach you on how to de-escalate that uh, at, and in return, making sure that it's not hurting your business. You could give away the world all you want, but in the end, this is a business and we got to make sure that uh, we're not losing money. So doing it in a way that they feel uh, valued, uh, respected, um, if it's your mistake, whether it's your mistake or not, Sometimes you got to bite the bullet and just, you know, you got to accommodate. So doing it in a way that it doesn't hurt your business. And um, the third thing would be um, looking at customer service in the aspects of 
every part of your operation. I look at customer service as even the service that you're providing your coaches, like we talked about earlier, making sure that your team feels valued and even down to the physical layout of your location. Um, the layout of your location can have a really big impact on your profits and the way that they're walking throughout the gym, the where the merchandise is, the way that they approach your desk, that has a big uh, impact. And listen, there's a reason why these big brands like Target and all these big retailers, they pay a lot of money for people to come in. Like I, I remember in um, university, I, I learned about the Starbucks operation. They had this guy come in or a firm come in and they were micromanaging down to the second of changing where the ice maker or the ice scooper was because that took 0.2 seconds off of making that frappuccino. Why not do that in the gym industry? Uh, making sure that every aspect of the operation is smooth lined and providing the best customer service that you can provide. Yeah, I think uh, obviously I heard you uh, give this presentation before. Obviously, you probably have some new nuggets and some some nuances that you're going to add. But I think some people mistake like sometimes the the foo fooness of customer service, but then they forget the business side of it. Right where where I think what's great about your presentation is it it all ties back to to the bottom line of we're still a business. Because some people forget that we're still in business, right? Like you still want, like we want to provide a customer service. We want to provide our clients everything humanly possible. We want them to get the best of the best of the best. But at the end of the day, like a business's job is to solve a problem and make a profit. A lot of people like do so many things without the idea that, hey, I need to make a profit and somehow making a profit is is a bad thing. And and at the end of the day, there, there's a connection. Like the better you provide customer service and provide an experience to them, and the more value you add, the more profitable your business will ultimately be, right? But you can't do these things at the expense of also making a profit. And I feel like some people feel bad. They get in this industry and they feel bad about making money. And it's like, hey, you're, you're putting in all this risk. You're putting your butt on the line. You've invested all this money you should get a return. It shouldn't be the only reason you're in business because those people don't make it in our industry. Like if everything's just about making money, but the better you do the things that you're going to talk about, the more money you are going to make. And and I already know firsthand, like the frameworks that you're going to teach them, like, oh, that's simple. I can teach my team that because it's not good enough that you as the leader understand it and know how to apply it. But it's a force multiplier when everybody does that. Because guess what? Your coaches are going to have people come to them and have problems. Are they equipped to have that conversation? Or they're like, uh, I, uh, talk to AJ. <laughs> like, like, can they can they do that? And are we are we saying the same thing? So if a, a customer comes to trainer number one with a complaint, and then they go to trainer number two with the same complaint, because it's really weird. I don't know if this is in every industry, but they will almost like try to talk to every person that will listen. And they're almost looking for a different response or for us to not be in alignment with what we're saying or what we're doing. It's like trying to get the gotcha. And it's like, do you got anything else to do? Yeah. Like, my goodness. Um, and and But your, it, it happens, but, right? Well, and to your point. I was just going to say, they need to be equipped to, to be able to handle complaints and issues and provide amazing customer experience. And that comes from, from top down, but is that being instilled and trained into your team. And I know that's where you spend a lot of energy when you say, hey, we like pretty much manage it all. You're training your team. And I got to imagine like Disney trains you over and over and over and over again. 
but it's the whole team needs to be trained and retrained to be able to provide that amazing experience that gets everybody talking and want to be a part of your gym. And honestly, making sure that you have the systems to make sure to track those complaints. Because to your point, you may have a person try to go to every single person. And what happens if that's tracked in the system? Listen, there's a way to go about it. I've had it before where I've, I I look in the system and I'm like, oh, so this was talked about with um, Maria already. Is that correct? And they're like, oh, and then you're putting it in the place of like, okay, AJ has control of the conversation. He knows I'm onto his shit or, or he's onto my shit. And having control of that conversation, a lot of times customer service, and this is what I want to talk about at, at the workshop, it, the, the conversations that you have with clients, it's a game of chess. You ultimately have control of that conversation. The second you back down, all bets are off. And they know that they have control over you. And not to say that you're going to put them in their place and curse them out. There's a great way to do it, but you have to do it the right way. And that's something that I was taught and also take into just honestly everything like dating, relationships, friendships, like you have control of the conversation. They from that energy. So if you go in there confident, you have the conversation and you can do anything you want. Yeah. And uh, it, it is an awesome framework. And I was like, dang, that that's so good when you when you taught it. I'm like, everybody's got to know uh, know that because it just, just makes a massive difference. But even your team feeling confident of, hey, if a customer comes to me, like I know exactly how to handle it. Right? Not like they're on their toes and they don't know oh, and they're stuttering and they're like not being confident and how to handle things. I, I think that's, they'll get the whole value of showing up just, just that framework alone. Um, because I've seen it firsthand is, is worth people coming to, to the events, uh, not to take away the rest of your presentation, but that framework alone is, is literally money. Um, because we all deal with like every day there's a customer complaint, right? And the bigger you get, the more customer complaints and issues and problems that that you're going to to face. One more question that wasn't kind of on our pre-program list is you've grown to 450 members. A lot of people get to like 150, maybe 200, and then it starts to get uncomfortable for the team where the team's like, hey, we're growing too much. Hey, um, we need to slow down or we need to back down or hey, we have too many trials coming in. How do you handle that? Did you ever face that issue or how do you handle that when the team starts kind of like, hey, hey boss, we're going too quick. We're going too fast. This feels uncomfortable. The The train is going too fo fast for me. Slow down. How do you, how do you handle that? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I had more of pushback from the clients because they, uh, they, they were so used to such a small program. And then now that we have, like you said, some of uh, our sessions with 70 people there, <laughs> it's an adjustment, but you still have to make sure that they're getting, you know, the one, not, um, you know, the personal training just in a group setting. So making sure that there's more coaches to, ha uh, coaches to handle that. Um, you know, it, it comes to a point where how do you handle the growth? Do you, uh, do you go to your landlord and say, I want the space next door? If that happens, great. I'll happily expand next door. But for us, it's, you know, we're going to have to add more sessions into the schedule, dilute the sessions so that, you know, they go into more sessions and you don't have uh, capacity restrictions and hitting. Listen, my competitors, you have to book two weeks in advance. I don't want that. I want people to be able to walk in. Yes, book in advance because it gets them in a good mindset. But if something happens, I want them to be able to walk in. So, um, you know, that was the biggest thing for us because we're also dealing with COVID where 
it was so limited in here. Now we're, you know, packed. But also I tell people it's high energy. Like it's so much better with more people. I love the sessions with more people. I will coach a session with 70 people any day by myself if I had to, rather than coaching a session with five people. It's just, it's so much more fun in that capacity. But making sure that, you know, getting your team excited, getting your team excited and saying, listen, there's going to be growing pains and I'm going through it with you. I'm learning with you. But in the end, this is where we're going to get to be. And with that, you guys will grow too. If you guys put in that work, There, it, it, people want to, and especially coaches, want to, and me, people want to be a part of something where they see growth. If I was a part of a company, I think of like, I don't know, I hate to say, uh, I, I won't say an industry because I don't want to hurt anyone, but like a, like a mom and pop shop business where I don't see any growth and I know that I'm capped out. Why would I be a part of that? I want to see growth, I, whether it's income or just, you know, the, the hierarchy of where you are in that in that status, people want to grow. So if you inspire them and say, hey, listen, with all of this, we can get this and you can get this, that inspires them too. And that makes them work for it too. With that, so one of the things I've had to learn is, is obviously you always hear, hey, listen to your people, listen to what people are saying to you. Sometimes you can't listen to people, right? So like if you're clear in your vision, you're clear in where you want to go and what people are saying or preaching basically the exact opposite. They want you to stay small. They want things to stay the same. They don't want the discomfort. They don't want the pressure. And unfortunately, so many people over listen to other people at the expense of their goals, their dreams, and what they want in life. And because at the sake of, hey, I, I was told I'm supposed to, to listen to people, right? So I, I think that's why it's important to be clear in where you want to go and what you want to accomplish. And and there are times to listen and there's times to go, you know what? Like, I understand why they're saying what they're saying, but we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep going. You got to have courage to do that. You got to have courage to do the opposite of what other people are telling you to do, because a lot of people are people pleasers and they want to make everybody happy. And but they'll do it at the expense of their success. They'll do it at the expense of their business. They'll do it at the expense of their happiness. And then they go, well, I'm not where I want to be. And it's because you're over listening. Right. And it's a big challenge that I see with a lot of business owners that they just struggle to to overcome that because they want to, to listen to people. Uh, last two questions. So what what are you what are you most excited about? Like where where's the next couple of years taking you and your business? Uh, I was just telling Dustin before we got on grow and scale. I mean, we're in the business of, listen, it's fun what we do, but we're in a business. We want to make money and just grow and have a bigger impact. So uh, I mentioned it before, we're big operations people. We feel that we are at a point where we can replicate this easily. Um, obviously, we need a good solid team uh, and and grow the team, but we feel that we can replicate this and uh, just keep opening more and more locations. And And the demand is there. I have people traveling 40, we're a coast town, so we're right on the edge of Connecticut. So we have people traveling 40 minutes from the west, north, and east of us. So I know once we expand, uh, the word will travel and you know have a greater impact. What's your What's your timeline for opening the the next location? Are you thinking two years ago? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you got to hit it right. We got really, really, really lucky with this location in the aspect of um, we have a huge parking lot here, two parking lots where. For finishers, we allow them to one do it. I can't think of your Byron location that like you have. Love. We have everything we want. We realize that we're really spoiled 
Uh, and it's going to come to a point where we do have to give and take. It's kind of like getting a house. You're never going to find the perfect house. So we're realizing um, you're not going to find the perfect location. Um, so if it was up to me tomorrow, so we are in the process of trying to find any uh, location that's going to make it work. Nice. Well, one thing that uh, this is like, this is like coaching at this point, because I know what you have access to, but being able to like literally heat map your, your location of the type of clientele that, that you have, and then you can actually see who has that, that clientele. And then, you know, I've always found that if you're off, if you're off some highways and you're in a community and it's easy access, like that's, that's when it blows up. So if you can find, Hey, this type of clientele is, is the clientele that I want, you can then actually heat map your, your location and be able to find that, that in other places and, and then be able to, now you're not really guessing. You're like, cause the hard part as you scale and grow, right. Is like, is this a good spot? Will this work? Or do they have the type of clientele I have? And then, you know, the other aspect of it is if there's less competition, that's always good. Um, because then people don't, people don't already have your customers. Uh, cause now you have to win, now you have to win them from other gyms. Right. So that's the hard part of going into densely, uh, densely competitive types of markets, right? All right, last question. And then Dustin, anything you want to add? I'm sorry, dude, I've been hijacking this. No, no, um, you're on a fire, dude. Keep it up. Anything else you feel you want to share with our listeners, provide value? Uh, and that'll be kind of the, the last question and then we'll wrap it up. I think the main takeaway that you'll get from the presentation, and, and I hinted it on it before, is just you have control and you hinted at it too. You have control of your business. It's your business. So you have control of the conversation you have with every single client. You have control of, the, of what you're saying to your coaches. You have control of the culture that you're providing your, culture, uh, your coaches and the clients. And in the end, you have control of your business. So what are you doing to up your business? If you find yourself stuck, what is keeping you stuck? Is it the lead follow-up process? Is it the membership trial process? Is it, it like any aspect of the operation? Just freaking change it and up it. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do it. I Someone mentioned a quote to me that always stuck with me and it was that they'll brag about being so busy that they have no time to themselves and they're just so busy because it's such a successful business. In my opinion, that's not something to brag about. You should be bragging if you do have time to yourself and your business is successful. And I mean, not to boast, but I'm at a point where if I, like last night, I got a call like, hey, you want to go to a concert? Yeah. And I had it covered. I didn't have to be here. I booked a vacation last minute for next week. I'm able to do that because I have a team that is really well-versed and understands the operation and knows what to do when I'm not here. Now, was I doing that day one when I opened? No, but you got to make sure that you build a culture and you build an operation that can handle that. And in return, that's why I keep saying we are at a point where we can replicate that and, and have a bigger scale and grow, you know? That's awesome. I'm just going to put this out here now. I, th I think you're going to set some some records in, in, in the brand that you are in. Um, with with one, you're willing to freaking put in the work. You're super smart. You get it. Like, and you you have you have all the stuff that's needed to to scale and grow. Um, so I, I definitely think in the next couple of years you're just going to blow up even more than you have and and set set some records. Um, Listen, Dustin, I have people anything, like you I can but, look up to. And I keep saying, I got to recognize when I can. I always looked up to you from day one. So thank you, Matt. If you ever need a call of what not to do, I'm I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, anything you want to add or you want to 
No, I think the last if, party words. if you guys have listened here to the end, uh, I think you see that you need to be in the room in Domination Workshop, that AJ is going to sprinkle his magic all over you and your business, and you need to be there to learn how to implement it. And the beauty is, because it's a small, intimate room, you can catch AJ after and ask him some questions. You can ask him while he's up on fr in front of the room during his presentation and say, how does this apply to my business? And that is what we really want to set up for you guys. So AJ, I'm excited to hear more. Uh, you brought the thunder today, dude. And uh, for all the listeners that want to sign up before we fill out a spots, because uh, last time I checked, we're 60% full. You want to go to dominationworkshop.com and claim your spot and you can bring team members. So if you want them to get fired up about this talk and want them to come and help you, because I know it's hard when you are the only person that heard the presentation, step one, now I got to go home and do it to my team and I got to present to them and then we can make a plan of action. Well, what if they heard it from the horse's mouth and now you're strategizing when you're out eating and when you're flying home and you're already coming home with a plan, right? So that is the best thing to do. So get there, bring your right-hand person, a manager, head coach, business partner, and you'll hear it straight from the horse's mouth. I'm going to have all my my GMs in on that presentation um, so that making sure that it's it's really getting applied, really getting understood, and then it, it's getting applied in the business even further than it already is. Um, Dustin's bringing team members, right? So um, that that presentation alone is, is worth your investment of buying the ticket, getting on the flight, coming down. Uh, but to Dustin's point, Bring team members like they are going to they're going to be drinking from a fire hose. But there's something in leadership. I call it tripping over the truth. Anytime you can get your team to hear it and then they feel like they heard it for the first time and it was their idea and they're bought into it. The application of that is amplified so much and makes such a difference on how quickly it gets applied and how well they they receive the change because no one likes change but they don't mind the change if it was their idea and if they were bought into it uh, ahead of time. So get your team in the room. You're going to get a ton of value from it. Go to dominationworkshop.com before the seats sell out. And uh, if you don't feel like you got 10X the value when you come, let us know. We'll give you a full refund. Uh, but we know for sure you're going to get you're going to get all the value every every presentation, but this presentation alone will be worth it. So Thank you so much for your time. We look forward to seeing you in August. And uh, we look forward to hopefully seeing as many people as possible that are listening right now in August. All right, guys. See you next week. Hey, guys. Dustin Bogle here. And I wanted to invite you to my free group for gym owners. It's called Fitness Sales Made Simple because I want to show you how to convert more of your leads into sales, how to get more people to say yes to taking that leap of faith to join your program and to get healthy, fit, and more confident, all right? And so I'm gonna share my best sales strategies, but you gotta join the group to see what it's all about. And in fact, the minute you join, I'm gonna give you a free gift, and that is a PDF called Five Ways to Get More Sales in Your Gym. So join the group, I'll tag you on the PDF, and enjoy the free content. See you in the group.